Hello and welcome to another episode of the Board Game Shenanigans podcast, where we review the games we've been playing and discuss board game related topics. My name is Bob. And I'm Natasha. This week, we are going to be reviewing one of the newer Vladimir Suchi games, which is Woodcraft. Mm-hmm. Then we're going to take a, take a look at a, a slightly older tile in It's a Wonderful World, which is a drafting style game. And then in the discussion topic this week, we're going to talk about things that get on our nerves in the board game hobby, things that frustrate us mm-hmm. about the board game hobby. And I'm, a, I'm actually really looking forward to that conversation. <laughs> I, lo- I guess I just like to be negative. You know? I think you're kind of salty today, and so you're looking for a good like, like uh, outlet. There's some salt. There's some salt, but you know it was. It's been a. It's been a day. Let's just say. <laughs> but before any reviews, you had a chance. I I let you borrow Downtown Farmers Market because you wanted to try it out with your kids. Yeah. How did that go? Good. I well, I haven't taught my daughter. I was planning on teaching her. She doesn't play with me very often. But I, but my son was willing to play it. I didn't think he'd like it because he's not a big fan of tile laying games. But this one isn't really tile laying the same as like Carcassonne, where you have to match, you know, certain tiles next to certain tiles. This is more, I don't know, grid, I guess. But he really, really loved it. I was shocked. We played it like four times, twice in, twice in a row, and then again later twice in a row. And he loved. So in the two player variant, you draft a tile, and then you remove a tile from the game so your opponent can't get that tile. And he loved that part. He loved looking at my board and figuring out what I wanted and (laughs) drafting, (laughs) taking it from me. Like, that was the whole fun of the game, which is what we had talked about, like, not wanting to play that way, but that's the way he played, so. The funny thing is, Max is such a sweet kid. Uh-huh. He is such like he is like anytime I interact with him, he's such like a cool kid and like very pleasant. Doesn't have a mean bone in his body. Oh, he's so except- kind. He loves me, <laughs> but man, does he love being me in board games? Oh man, I love it. Uh, yeah, I love to see the mean streak come out. And I would <laughs> like mom. whenever I teach him games and I'm playing, I always kind of like uh talk about what i'm doing i'm like oh i'm i'm gonna take this bread so that i have a bunch of bread you know and i like kind of talk about what i'm doing so he can learn strategy that way and so he would just like he hear me say that and then immediately take my bread tile and i was like okay i need to stop doing that (laughs) but it was fun we had a lot of fun doing it you're putting out the script for him to like do what you want that's hilarious oh man good good for him see he he needs to learn those valuable skills in a drafting game that you're supposed to draft things away drafting. from the other player that will get them points. Yes, he 100% understands that strategy. I, I want to get out some more drafting games and play some more with him. He does like Sushi Go and other type of stuff, but we'll have to try a few more more complex ones. Well, that's awesome that he liked that game. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad. That's mm-hmm. a... That's a it's really a- cool little game, and it surprises me that people don't know about it. I mean, we I remember being on the cruise, and I remember talking to people about it, and they're just like, I haven't heard of it. And I'm like... Yeah, nobody's... I don't think anybody's talking about it. I, it's a little hidden gem. You guys got to check it out. Downtown Farmer's Market. Nice little tile game where you draft tiles and place them in your grid to score points. So good. Yep. Simple. Well, that was Downtown Farmer's Market. Why don't we get into our reviews? Why don't we discuss... Some woodcraft. Yeah. Yeah. This is a new game by Ross Arnold and Vladimir Suchi. Its art is done by Michael Petchel, uh, designed by Delicious Games. So this is a contract fulfillment action selection via Rondell, where you're forest people competing to have the best workshop. You'll start the game by picking out a helper and four, four contracts. At the beginning of each round or um, the first round, you'll set out one contract and then at the, at the, during the break is when the rounds reset you'll get your income and then you lay out another contract any contract that you fulfill you get you get to um take the benefits from it and if it, you don't fulfill it by the end of the round it slides down and then it kind of becomes worth less and less and at the end of the game they're worth they'll um deplete your reputation if you don't complete them so throughout the game you've got a few few different actions you can choose from and they're all set in this little rondelle and each time you take an action you'll just uh, take the action tile on the rondelle and move it to like the next uh, section of the board. It's divided into four sections. And it's got this really cool mechanic where the tiles that come out later get better benefits. So 
you know, if Bob selects a tile and puts it in the first spot and then somebody else puts it in the second spot and those aren't worth anything underneath them, but the third one is, and then so on and so forth, they're worth a little bit more. So then the next person who takes that tile gets that benefit. And then also as the rondelle moves along, so as it moves around further and further around the board, uh, the, the ones that are kind of left behind are worth more and more at the top as well. So you can, you get these like benefits and some of them will line up where you get benefits in the top and bottom. That's a really fun part of the game. But as you select these actions, there's various things you can do. You can, you know, purchase dice, which are your wood. You can um, sell dice for blueberries, which are the currency of the game. You can buy materials. So you'll need uh, glue for your, for your wood. You'll need scrap wood and you'll need saw blades. You could also select more contracts. As soon as you select those, they go out into your um, board to be you'd be able to play right away or fulfill right away. Um, you can choose a helper, which gives you a certain advantages throughout the game. And then you can also plant your dice. So you take a little seedling. You can only plant ones and two dice because obviously you can't plant big trees. Plant your ones and two dice and then they'll grow. Each time it's your turn, they'll go up in value, which is really fun. Um, and the other thing you can do is improve your workshop. So you can build other parts of your workshop that let you do free actions. So the different free actions you can do is using your helper once per turn ability. You can saw lumbar so that you take your dice and you just saw it in half. And you can saw it however you want. So if you've got a six die, you could saw it into a one and a five die of the same color or, or a three and a three, a two and a four, etc. You can splice scrap wood, scrap wood. So you can take the scrap wood piece and you can add a pip to the die. So if you have a five... You add a wood to it, now it becomes a six die. You can glue lumber together. So if you glue um, two pieces of the same color, you'll get the same color. But you can also glue two different pieces, two, two die that are different color. And you can get victory points that way. And then you can choose which color you want that new die to be. You can harvest your trees. So once they get up to six, you have to harvest them. But anything less than that, you can harvest them. Those are those trees you planted. Or you can complete orders. Those are kind of the different actions you can do in the different... Um, free actions on your board. You'll also collect tools throughout the game. As you lay the tools down in your attic, they'll give you maybe more income or, you know, maybe lanterns. Lanterns, you collect those. You can get free actions or you can get bonuses on your actions. All kinds of various abilities. Throughout the game, you'll earn points by um, marketing, the marketing track. You can complete an, uh, objectives throughout the game that you can claim. Um, you'll have scored points for doing um, contracts. Uh, you'll you, there's also an income track, which you can collect income blueberries, which is your money, or also um, income in, point, or in points, you know, the, the hazelnut track that will score you points during each break. So you kind of get points in all kinds of different ways. What makes it really fun, I think, is like kind of cheesy because you don't really plant dice and slice dice, but I really like the theme in it. I think it just kind of all comes together. And even though it's using dice to as wood slices and you know what the dice mean like obviously like a smaller piece of wood is a one and a larger piece of wood is a six it, it just feels really it just works and it's just really fun and easy to explain it's kind of complicated but because of the theme you're like oh you slice the dice with the saw or you add two pieces together and the, the, it just makes sense and i enjoy that a lot and then also i love the rondelle because it's fun so this theme that you speak of, like there's a theme on this game. I don't know if it's strong. There are certain spots where it does feel very thematic, like using a saw to cut down your piece of your dice into smaller dice. Mm -hmm. Like that's a really cool concept and that feels somewhat thematic. But then planting a die in a pot to grow doesn't like there's some disconnect there for me. Okay. That okay. said, okay, let me, let me, let me say this differently. So BGG had this as a dice game and I'm, or as a, one of the actions was like dice rolling. I'm like, no, 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 there's no dice rolling. This, these dice are just markers one through six. So imagine yes. you could completely get rid of the die. And instead you have a little, tr a little plantling for the, that represents the one, a smaller, little, Seed, uh, seedling that's the two and then it gets bigger and bigger and instead of having dice you have these like tokens of trees or seedlings then that completely makes sense so here's my question to you real quick and i was going to bring this up at some point and i figure i might as well bring it up now because you brought up the fact that the only time you're ever rolling dice in this game is there's a market of dice where the rondelle of actions is mm -hmm. that is the only time in the game you're actually rolling dice otherwise all you're doing is manipulating the dice into different values. Yeah. It's a dice you, game in the same way that 
the Teotella shot as a dice game. It's not. And that's what I want to bring up because you were very grumpy in that game that you had to manipulate the dice mm-hmm. and like tick them up after doing actions. Every this- turn. Every That's time a- you had to do it, at the end of every turn, you had to tick up your dice. This is different. It's thematic. Wow, I already explained that. Oh, my God. It is not thematic. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it is. And, mm, and of mm, all of Vladimir mm, Suji's mm, game, mm, this is the most thematic one. I'm going to say that. Uh, Dropping that is, truth bomb. Uh, what about Praga? Kaput Regni. Yeah, I, I don't even know what that's about. It's about, it's about building a wall with eggshells. I know it's that. Building a bridge. Because, You're building have, a bridge with eggs. See, I didn't even know that. I thought it was a wall. There's so there is walls. There's different walls that you're doing, like the king's uh, is the king's road. The uh, I don't know. It does exactly. okay. You know what? <laughs> exactly. Point okay. Proven. Kind this of, is, sort of, but not this really. This would be like my number one most thematic game. <laughs> <laughs> no. Maybe not. But I think not that the way that the actions all play out, it makes it easy to understand. I mean, yeah, I know you can slice dice, but but the fact that you have to slice them and then you have to have the values add up to whatever the original dice was, that makes sense. And when you glue them together, two threes become a six. It's cool. Okay. Yes. So it works. The theme works. The artwork is the artwork is really cool. I mean, there are you can get those little uh, are they elves? They're elves or fairies. They remind me of the uh, the old. Um, tinkerbell you know the little yes green. okay the fairies or whatever but mm-hmm. they have like little blueberry hats and stuff like that like that the artwork and everything about it looks really cool and i really enjoy the overall aesthetic of this game mm-hmm. to say this game is thematic though mm, i don't know about all that it's but a thematic hero it works though it's functional you're the nice thing is you are able to explain you can take your saw and you can cut the dice into different values that makes sense the putting tools in your attic to get additional like blueberry income doesn't make any sort of sense. It's just a little like pyramid that you're manipulating. You're collecting like, you to tools. Fill- like you don't need you don't need five hammers. You need all the different types of co- tools. I mean, I guess I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I you don't have think a saw, it's- you can get a lot more done. You'll earn more income. Totally thematic. The thing Bob. is, though, you so you you knock Teotihuacan that you have to manipulate the dice at the end of your turn, every single turn. Mm-hmm. You are manipulating your dice more than you're a manipulating lot in the this dice game. that you're using as you're using them. It makes Kinda. sense. Not at the oh yeah, hold on, I forgot to move my dice at the very end of my turn. We're just gonna have to Stupid. agree to disagree. Well, we're arguing over theme at this particular moment. A, a topic I will admit I am not heavily immersed in. There you go. Okay, so you know, I guess point proven for me. Maybe. No, 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 no. Anyway, so a theme aside, this game, the way it all comes together with everything, oh man, it is so good. There is such a l- nice puzzle with your dice in this game. It provides this tension of okay, there's this contract I I really want to fulfill, and I can see it on my board. I don't have what I need now but I will be able to get there if I do these things to get there. Mm-hmm. And that's what I really like is it's the puzzle of trying to figure out how am I going to acquire the dice I need and how am I going to manipulate those dice to get fulfill the contract I need to fulfill. It's got this really cute artsy design. I like the look of it. I like it better of all the Suchi games is the cutest, but it looks very family friendly and it is not. It is a Euro. It is. There's a lot of moving pieces. See what I did there? Um, in this game, there's, there's quite a bit. I really like the action selection. Like there's one action that people are just not going to be doing. And then it just becomes more lucrative because it's the, the bonus that you get becomes higher and higher. Like, yeah, maybe it's taking contracts and nobody wants to take contracts right now, but now you get a, uh, you know, maybe you get a saw and you get a three dice of your choice. Well, Maybe I'm going to take that action because I want to acquire the dice. It's about maximizing how you acquire the dice and how you can use those dice in order to fulfill those contracts. You know, you get those little tiny saw blades that can be used with your bigger saw blades. So you can turn a five into a three, a uh, one and a one to fulfill those different contracts. Like Mm -hmm. all that stuff comes together. I really like the action selection, how you're rotating things around. 
And this last game that we played, Chris was like the best player on my team because he kind of just like fed me some better actions. Yeah, he but did. it was because because he needed the actions that he took. Mm-hmm. He needed those actions to fulfill the type of game he was playing. Him and I took very completely different uh, paths on this game, you know, and he was successful in what he was doing and I was successful in what I was doing. Yeah. And then the re- then there was the rest of us. Yeah, that's true. I wasn't going to say anything. I <laughs> it wasn't a, I wasn't as bad as the crew. You can play the entire game and do everything just like everybody else. But yet, still not get any points. I don't know how that happens. Not that I didn't get any points. I did fine. But part of it is just like making sure your contracts are aligning with your goal. My goal in that last game was I wanted to fulfill as many contracts as I could. And I want to increase my reputation. Is it reputation? I don't know what all the Yeah, reputation. Are. I didn't say that because at the end of the game, you'll also multiply how many contracts you fulfilled by the, your reputation. So you can get a lot of points that way too. That was my goal coming into this game. I did not collect a single tool. I did not. I collected only two workers, the initial worker, and I got one other worker, and that was it. Your helpers? My helpers, yes. That was all I acquired, whereas somebody like Chris got filled all his helpers, got all his tools, and yes, I I did win that game, but it wasn't, I don't think the discrepancy was nearly as big as what people might think. Mm-hmm. That. I mean, that said, you make a good valid point. Like you could be doing a bunch of things and not score any points. When we played on the Dice Tower Cruise, it was a three-player game. We scored, what, like 100-something? Mm-hmm. And the guy we were playing with didn't even break 50. Yeah. But the thing is, watching him play, it wasn't like, oh, man, he's just not getting it. Mm-mm. I didn't feel that way. You know, you got to figure out how to score points. And I love the fact that you have tracks that you can claim that give you income both points and blueberries so Mm -hmm. you can continue to increase like chris scored like 35 points just off that track because he kept moving up that track yeah which i really like i like the fact that you can do that and you're like all right i'm not scoring a lot of points off contracts but wait until that income turn and i'm gonna score a bunch of points yeah, there's a lot of different things you can do within the game, and there's a lot of different ways you can focus. A lot of different things you can focus on. You can focus on helpers. You can focus on contracts. Go up your reputation. You want to get lots of contracts. Then, you know, your helpers might help you give other things, so you don't have to spend as many actions like collecting resources and whatnot. It's really like the first time you play it, it feels super tight. But then the second time, you're like, okay, now I know how to get make this a little bit easier. How it's going to play out. It's one of those games that's very rewarding. Multiple plays. It's a classic Suchi game. Like you are not going to be good at it the first time you play it. Unlikely, yep. you know. But the more you play and invest your time into it, the better you'll get at it, and the funner it, it is. Because it's all about, like you said, finding that optimal move and. You know, cause sometimes I'm like, I don't even know what I'm going to do. And I'll just start doing stuff. And all of a sudden I'm doing like five things. I'm like, oh, it all just kind of came together. It feels like you can accomplish the thing you want to accomplish. It's there. You just need to figure out how to get it. Yeah. You need to figure out what pieces you need to manipulate in order to get it. And we didn't, we haven't talked quite yet about the lanterns. So lanterns do pull double duty in this game. First, if you have three lanterns, you can basically take an additional turn. Which is big because Suchi loves having very limited turns, right? Mm-hmm. The other thing you can do is you can spend a lantern to take the bonus off of a tile and then take another tile that you want to take that action tile. Mm-hmm. So now this tile that's been sitting in the back and that has this really nice bonus. All right, I'm going to use a lantern. I'm going to get the, that bonus, but I'm not taking that action. I'm going to do something else. So it frees it up enough where you can do the things you want to do. And you can still get those bonuses so you don't feel left out on those bonuses. Yeah, I, I like that. And being able to collect those and knowing how valuable they are and when to use them is really key. There's just so much into this game. It's really, really interesting. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I did too. The one thing that I d- it didn't make much sense to me was the marketing piece where you could spend blueberries basically just to buy points. Mm-hmm. And it was like this like weird kind of curve where it was expensive in the beginning and then it got cheap to get a lot of points and then it got expensive again. And it was one of those things that you could just do, but it didn't like everyone forgot to do it. You can, so you can only do it once per turn. And there's yeah. quite a few different tracks up this. So you need to start doing it early so that you can get to those higher points at the end of the yeah. game. But you, it was just something that everybody forgot about every turn. Like like their next person's turn, they're like, oh, I forgot to mark it. And then you just do it. It's fine. No big deal. 
but it was it's kind of a throwaway thing i don't know that it was it's not that interesting i don't know why it's there yeah you know yeah i don't like it's just like an extra the do something with your blueberries it does make you decide it does give you an interesting decision about what you're going to use your blueberries for Mm -hmm. because the uh the economy in this game can actually be pretty tight Mm-hmm. You some there are times where you just run out of blueberries, so having the decision of okay, am I going to market in order to get, you know, some points, or do I want to hold on to my blueberries so I can, you know, buy this thing or this dye that I really need, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, everything costs blueberries, so you you need them. But yeah, it is tight. So what would you rate this game? You're a big Suchi fan. What do you rate most of Suchi's games? They're up there. You like them, uh, don't you? They're, yeah, they're up there. They're up there for me. I'm giving this game a nine. I really like it. Yep, me too. Um, I don't think it's a top ten game for me. I do really enjoy it. It's probably a top top quarter, twenty five plus. Really, I want to say twenty five. Yeah, it's probably gonna be somewhere in there. I really enjoy this game. I think it's one of his better ones. It's gonna be right up there with like. I really like, I think my favorite of his is Pulsar 2849, which doesn't get a ton of love, I don't think, anymore. Most people like Underwater Cities, which I like, but I think I like this one both better than Underwater Cities and Praga. Yes. So I really I really enjoyed it. The theme was cool. I love dice. I love that manipulation of, okay, I'm going to cut this dice three times, get this thing that I need. Then I'm going to, what I'm going to do is I'm going to plant it here and make sure you know, it grows so I, then I can saw it later on. And then I'm going to use these things to fulfill this contract, which is going to give me 10 blueberries, which is what I need to market. It just all comes together in a really cool package for me, and I love the action selection. Yep, hundred percent. I love, I love the theme in the game. It's my favorite of all his themes. I like the look of this game. I think it's the prettiest as well. I like the artwork. Yep. I like the cutesiness of it. It's just fun to to move the pieces around and to touch it and to come up with a, you know your plan. And and it's really fun when you're like, I know I can do this, but I don't know how. And you got to think about how you're gonna do it. It's really smart and really clever. It's one of my favorite, I think. And I, I'm going to give it a nine as well. I like it a lot. I, I just love the theme. I like building one project. The theme is really cool. <laughs> I, li- I really enjoy the theme. I don't necessarily think it's the most thematic game there is. There are parts that feel thematic, but overall, I like the overall aesthetic. Yes, it's good. I just think like Pulsar 20 something is like, I like space theme. <laughs> but twenty eight forty nine. yeah. But it, it just doesn't. Uh, it's just not very pretty and it doesn't look very good. I think that's probably the only thing. And then Prague is like kind of so big and overwhelming. It, it's prettier than most dry euros, but it just has the look of a dry euro. Yeah, it that is. Yes, I can definitely I can definitely be on board with the fact that it looks like a dry euro. The problem, I think, with Praga is just there's just too much going on. There's so many different things that, like, for example, if you're building the wall around your action selection wheel, they give you, you know, the red uh, little tokens. But the way you score points for those red tokens is by building buildings out on the board, which will give you blue tokens, which you need to advance with the the walls. They're, like, interconnected. Mm-hmm. It There's just so much more going on. Teaching Praga is such a bear. Yeah, it's complicated and it's, it's hard. Yeah. Even when you do understand it, like... Just to remember all those little fiddly stuff where this, this I feel like just makes a lot of sense. And another thing you, you can do throughout this game is you can do any of your actions in any order you want. So you can take your bonuses first, you can take your t- your action tile first, or you can do your free actions first. And I like that it's very freeing and they all just kind of make sense. All the different actions you can have and the way it scores all make sense. Or Prague is like this this big complicated scoring at the end. It, there's a little much. What I really like about Pulsar, though, is just there's something cool specifically about the dice. Acquiring the dice and using that, going up the tracks, I really like the fact that there's some good, interesting decisions that you're making initially when you're just drafting the dice. That's what I really love that part of it, too. So, yeah. But Woodcraft, yeah, really good game. All right. I recommend this game if you like Suchi games. I recommend this if you don't. I think it's a little, I wouldn't say lighter at all, but I think it's just a little bit easier to wrap your head around. I recommend this game, checking out this game if you're if you're willing to invest a few plays in it. If you think you're only going to play it one or two times, it's probably not for you. I think you'll enjoy it a lot more if you can play it quite a few times. So that's Woodcraft. All right, next up, I want to talk about It's a Wonderful World. This is a drafting game designed by Frederick Girard, or by Anthony Wolfe. 
published by Lucky Duck Games in the United States. In this game, players are leaders of an expanding empire trying to develop faster and better than their opponents. This game is going to be played over the course of four rounds, each round breaking down into three phases. And at the start of the game, each player will receive an empire that provides them with some endgame scoring and production of the various resources in the game. The very first phase of the round is going to be the drafting phase. This is where players are going to be acquiring cards until each player has a total of seven cards that they have drafted. In the second phase of the round, the planning phase, players will be deciding what to do with these cards. There are several card types, and they typically correspond with the five different productions. So players will decide for each card if they are either going to recycle it or begin construction. If they choose to recycle the card, they're going to get a resource, which helps them construct their other cards. If they choose to construct it, they're going to have to pay a cost in resources before they can complete it. Once players decide what they wish to do, you're going to move into the production phase, which will proceed in five steps. First, you're going to produce materials, then you're going to produce energy, then science, followed by gold, and finally, exploration. When you produce these cubes, you can place them on your cards or on your kingdom. If you place enough resources on your kingdom, you can convert them into crystallum, which is a wild resource. When you complete a card, you usually get a bonus in either additional production, straight-up victory points, or some sort of end-game scoring objective. I should also note that during each production step, you can earn either a financier or a general, which are also going to be worth victory points, or you may need them to build certain project cards. Once players have played four rounds, whoever has the most points wins. I think what makes this game interesting is deciding what to do with your cards. So you're trying to draft cards that you want to build, and you also want to look at cards that you want to recycle to help build those cards that you've started. So there's a lot of interesting choices you're making with the cards as you're drafting them. Like these are the ones I want to build and these ones I want to kind of like chuck so I can get the resources to help build them. Yeah, I was surprised. It it threw me off the first time I played it because you have to like, you can, whatever cubes you don't use, you set aside and you can trade them in for a wild cube, which is cool. But you you have to place them right away. So as soon as you get a cube, you have to place it. So you have to make sure that you're, you have a place. You want to draft cards where your cubes that you're going to produce that turn or if you're going to turn them in for the resources that you're going to have a place to use them. So I think that made it just a little bit more interesting than what I expected it to be. I enjoyed that quite a bit. So you draft these cards and then at the end of it, you you have your planning phase, which is kind of fun because then you decide, okay, which ones do I really want? I'm not going to be able to build them all. So I'll go ahead and turn some of these in for cubes. It's a really nice, simple drafting game with some cubes, but it's really fun and interesting. It surprised me. I didn't think it was going to be like that at all. I really love the timing element in this game. I think that's one of the other things that I really like. So you're looking at these cards and you say, all right, this is going to help me score more points. So I, I want to make sure I construct this card. But in order to construct it, I need six green cubes. Okay, well, if I construct this card for materials, it's going to cause, it's going to allow me to produce more green cubes. Well, I will make, I will be able to build this card first. So then later on in the round, when I'm doing the green cubes, I will get more when I need them. So there's this timing element of, like you said, if you don't use those cubes in that particular phase, they're, they just go to your empire. You can't use them. Mm -hmm. So you want to make sure you're constructing your buildings in a good sequence so you can maximize the cubes that you're putting out onto the other cards in order to construct those cards. Yeah, and and that's it. That's the whole game. Legit. It's And that's the thing. It's fast. It's quick. It's four rounds. It, it reminds me a lot of like uh, like Seven Wonders. You can get through it real fast, specifically if you have people who have played the game I mean, you can you can tear through this game super 30 fast. Minutes. Yeah, easily, mm -hmm. easily 30 minutes. Some of the the, the more things that you got to think about is, okay, which cards do I want to draft? Okay, I, I want to make sure this one's a chuck one, this one's a construct one. There's, there's one deck of cards, so there's no phases. You're just going to get everything in the beginning. So you want you want a nice mix early on of games that are, are cards that are going to produce things and then also some end game scoring ones. It's just got this really nice art to the game it, it works really well and, and it's interesting it's it's a little bit simpler than seven wonders and easier to teach and whatnot but but the decisions are just as interesting yeah in some ways i think they're slightly more interesting because of that timing piece yeah you know like it's 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 common that you can just like chuck a card and get something right so you in seven wonders you get rid of a card get some money here you get rid of a card you get a resource 
but that that timing of okay where am i going to put these cubes so i can make sure i get more cubes later on in order to put the cubes on these cards mm-hmm. it, it really comes together really well there are those tokens the the financier and the general they're just like random people tokens you acquire those by having the most production in each of the different phases mm-hmm. and they it just feels like uh tacked on in some ways yeah, because sometimes sometimes you get them from constructing cards. Sometimes you need them to construct cards. And sometimes you're going to get scoring uh, cards that will score based on the number that you have. Yeah, so you want to collect them. So you kind of need to decide if you're going to focus on those or if you're just going to let them be. Yeah, and you wanna, you're want to you competing with the other players. And just because you're winning it you know, at the materials phase doesn't mean you're going to be winning it when you move into the next one because somebody could produce a card that will increase their production of that particular resource. Yeah, it kind of changes quite a bit throughout the rounds. I liked it. It was uh it's a good I it's a good meaty filler game, you know, or a light Euroway game. A- either in those categories. Yeah, I agree. It's it's fun, it's it's quick. So I'm going to give you my rating real quick and um I'm giving it an 8. I really enjoy it. The funny thing is it's one of those games that every time I play it I'm like, "Oh yeah, this game's good." But I always forget about it. It's never like in the forefront of my mind of a game to play. Whereas something like Seven Wonders or Seven Wonders Architects, I'm like, oh, let's play Seven Wonders Architects real quick. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like let's play It's a Wonderful World. I think the the title and the 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 artwork just don't really um, line up. It it doesn't really draw you in either. You know what I mean? Like I just didn't. It wasn't what I was expecting at all. The artwork's fine. I think the artwork's fine. I don't like the box cover. The box cover kind of, eh, not for me. Yeah. But the artwork's fine. On the cards, it's, it's, it's fine. Yeah. It's not That's not bad by any means. It's just fine. Like, it's just about producing stuff. You know, yeah. it's not terribly yep. interesting. Maybe that's why, you know? But then you play it and you're like, yeah, this is good. It's got de- a little bit of a setup to it, but not, not too much. Yeah, I mean, maybe... I don't know. It's just one of those games that I feel like is good, but I don't want to say forgettable, but in some ways it kind of is. It's one of those games that I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember this game being good, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Maybe it's just one of those games that's really good, but you don't need to play it like a ton of times. Like, it's just one of those games that's nice to get out and play like a couple times in a row, you know, a couple times a year. And then and that's the end of it. You don't need to play it a ton of times. You don't need to sit there and get better at it. You can just enjoy it for what it is. Yes. Kind of the opposite of Woodcraft. I give it an eight as well. <laughs> it is the opposite of Woodcraft. <laughs> yeah, agreed. I give it an eight and I feel like I would play it any, you know, I would happily play it anytime people ask. I I agree. It's it's fun. It, it doesn't call to me like, oh, you should play it again because you'll get better at it. You know what I mean? Which I'm sure I would if I did play it again. I, I'm sure I would still get better at it. But it doesn't feel like, oh, if I play it again, I can f- figure out the puzzle. I feel like it's pretty... You know, just depending on the cards that you get and you just play with what you get and it's just fun. You make you make do with the cards that you have the ability to draft. But you have a lot of choices with a drafting yeah. part, so Yep. Yeah, I agree. So it's yeah, it's a solid game. Like who's this game for? Man, if you like drafting games, this is really a really solid, good drafting game. Mm-hmm. If you if that's the type of style of game you like. I mean, this game, trying it out and playing it would be, honestly, for me, like a Mm no-brainer. But again, like you said, it's not calling to me either. It's not going to be like, ooh, let's play, you know, oh, let's play this game. It's going to be more like, hey, I got this game. You guys want to play it? I'm like, oh, yeah, for sure. I haven't played that in a while. Let's do it. Mm -hmm. Or if you're looking for a a decent game to get in in a short amount of time, you know, nice put in your game bag, you know, and bring to game night if you need to kill half an hour to an hour. Agreed. Yeah. Good game. Mm -hmm. So. That is It's a Wonderful World. All right, that's going to wrap up the games that we're reviewing this week. We're going to take a quick break, but then when we come back, we're going to talk about what gets on our nerves but in the Bob's board game hobby. Bob's going to let off some steam here. I, Bob's going to yeah. let off some steam. That's what's going to happen. I'm going to get all the salt off of me. <laughs> <laughs> See you after the break. All right. Welcome back. We are now going to be diving into our board game topic this week, which is what is the thing about the hobby that gets on your nerves? Okay, Bob, in preparation for this, because I know you like me to prepare for the podcast, I I have made a list. I prefer for you to, yes, it's nice when you 
decide, you know what? I'm going to contribute this week. Yeah. It's always a pleasant <laughs> surprise, right? So I'm going to do that this week. And I made you a list oh of all God, the things so that good. annoy me. Okay. I'm, I'm going to start with my list. <laughs> all right. Are you excited? So, I. You have no idea. I wonder how many of them are me. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. What do you got? Number one. Yeah. Start with number one. You got you to gotta start with number one this, yeah. in this particular case. Yes. What do you Long got? turns. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Long nerve, long turns. Yeah. That, that's that, the thing. That's, that's like, and a long turn is fine. Of course. Two player games, long turns, totally fine. But I don't care if you win or lose this game. You need to go fast. You need to take your turn. <laughs> By the time it's your turn, you should have figured out what to do. And if you want to take a minute, by a minute, I mean about five to six seconds. Figuring that out, that is fine. My favorite thing about this is you love to get on people about how slow of a turn they're taking. Most, and it's your friends, right? You're you're razzing the group of friends that we have. And to the be other- fair, I, it's not that I love it. It's that <laughs> I strongly dislike people taking a long time. And- yeah, agreed. And my favorite thing about it is so. Um, uh, myself and two other people, we play games on Yukata and Board Game Arena a lot. And at one point, <laughs> at one point, we're playing some games on Yukata, and we get a we get a group text from one of the guys, and he's like, "I feel like Natasha's like yelling at me to take my turn. I'm sorry that I can't take my turn right now, guys." <laughs> and we're like, "Dude, it's cool. Like, you know, you're at work. It's all good. Like, we're just doing it during the day. Like, when you have time, from, you know." At, during your job if you want to go sit down and play it but like i love how he's like i can feel natasha on the back of my neck just like take your <laughs> I turn have known for for harassing people to take their turn i just yeah. I, it's not fun like we're not competing in the anything like i you don't need to maximize this turn and if you do that's fine spend your turns in between turns figuring all that out go for it but not on your turn the thing is, like, for the most part, I like to have quick turns myself. And I can forgive some long turns. Like, I get it. Information sometimes changes and you're like, dang it, this is exactly what I was going to do. My two things that I was going to do were taken from me by the two players before me. That happens to me. So sometimes I'm like, all right, I got to go back to the drawing board and figure out what I'm going to do. But it's not like every single turn. So I agree with that one. I yeah, it, that's what, one. what bothers me is that when you're like, Okay, it's your turn. And they're like, okay. And then they look at the board and they think about what they're doing. That's what bothers me. I, like, y- if you are like, oh, hold on. I haven't figured it out yet. I'm still thinking. Fine. But if you are going to start thinking at the start of your turn, no, 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 no. <laughs> you need to just do something. You can be pretty vocal about how you want people to take their turns. It's funny because I'm kind of the exact opposite. I'm like, I'm exactly myself like I am in normal life. I'm just passive aggressive about it. So what I'll do is I'll say something like, whose turn is it? I know whose turn it is. All right. <laughs> That's okay. That's sometimes a polite I, way of doing that. Sometimes I, I actually legit don't know because sometimes the turns are just going and I, I legit don't know. But a lot of times I'm like, whose turn is it anyway? Like, I, I know. I'm just to saying me, like, not, hey, man. Not paying attention during the, of the game during the game on other people's turn is rude. If you're not using that time to pay attention to the game and to take your turn. Now, if you don't care and you're just going to get to your turn, and you're just going to pick something and do it. Cool. Go for it. It's I mean, that's the equivalent of you sitting at the table farting the whole time. It's just rude. <laughs> like you're not it. fun to play with. Spend your time. You know, ch- like I, I always do really poorly when I'm chit chatting because i'm not spending my time thinking about my turn so when it's my turn i just do something you know what i mean oh wasted that time then i just do something and i don't win the game that's fine who cares especially if it's your first game you don't need to think about all your options just start doing something and if it doesn't work just you know, take it all back then redo something else <laughs> that's fine. Turn. oh my god please don't do that <laughs> sometimes sometimes i i struggle with like seeing things how things are going to play out so i have to Mm -hmm. physically like especially with tiling games or anything spatial related i have to grab the tile and lay it out and like figure out if it's going to work like i just cannot visualize things i have to physically take them and try them and so that takes time and i never it doesn't bother me if people are like 
doing things and they're taking a while to do them because things just take a while. It's the starting to think about what to do on your turn at the start of your turn. That's specifically what bugs me. You oftentimes say, this is not my, this is not, this is not my turn. This is not what I'm doing. I'm just checking. I'm just checking this tile. I'm seeing Mm -hmm. if it fits. Because I can't do it on other people's turns. Like I can't physically grab things and check and like, okay, if I do this, is this going to work? You know? Yeah. They'll, they can end up taking it from you too. Yeah. That, that, that makes sense. And stuff like that doesn't necessarily bother me. What I do love is this segment was supposed to be me getting rid of my salt and you have like you are just venting about these long turns and I love it. I I will not apologize for it and I will I will take all of the heat. You're welcome. People can hate on me all they want because I'm obnoxious but Uh, I wouldn't say you're obnoxious. You just want the game to continue and you have and that's the thing you've yelled at me in the past so I'll be sitting there and we have our one buddy, Marty. Um, Marty's been, I guess, sporadic coming to board game night. So when he's there, like, I'm excited to, like, interact with him and just kind of chat with him and see how everything's going. So me and him will start talking and you'll just be like, all right, stop talking. Take your turn <laughs> or pay attention. <laughs> like, yeah. my bad, mom. Sorry, mom. Because <laughs> otherwise they take forever. You know, it's like. Are we talking or are we playing a game? Yeah. It's like when you go to a party and you bring a board game and you get it out and you play it and everyone just continues like chatting like they're at a party and not playing a board game. And you're like, oh, okay, this is a party, not a board game night. Like, know where you're at. You know, are you going to board game night? Pay attention to the game. Are you going to party? You have to pay attention to the game. You know? Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. All right. So that's my number one. All right. Uh, are we just gonna go back and forth? Let's go back and forth. So, uh, mine is not. Ne- mine has nothing to do with turns. The one I'm gonna talk about right now is bad rule books. Nothing frustrates me more than reading a rule book and just scratching my head afterwards and being like, "What?" And then as you're doing things, a question will come up and you cannot find the answer in the rule book, and you have to like Google it on Board Game Geek and be like, "Hey, what happens when this interaction happens?" drives me nuts the and the thing is at this particular point in in the hobby i'm calling it right up there with let's say really terrible artwork it is unacceptable to have a terrible rule book it really is how are we supposed that's like the number the first thing you do with a game i understand people will spend money on quality artwork i'm cool with that i i love a game that looks good and it needs to look good you can't have terrible artwork there needs to be somebody accountable for that rule book and making sure that rule book is clear and concise because nothing drives me more crazy than that you need to give it to a board gamer who has not played your game and have them try to figure out the game but yeah i mean to me it doesn't matter so much because i don't read rule books yeah well for you it's not going to matter because you don't real read rule books you give them to jeremy and i watch a youtube video and I asked my friends to read the rule book. The best part is the other day we're at board game night and uh, I brought a game and I was like, we were we were going to play it. We weren't sure. And I was, I was like, well, it's a little bit on the lighter side. And Natasha goes, oh, did you play it already? I was like, no, I just read the rules. And she's like, you could figure that out by the rules. Yeah. I just, yeah, to, I can. To me, all rule books are complicated and I don't understand. Like I can read a rule book and, and not at all ingest the game. I have to like set it up. Then go back to the beginning and say, okay, what can we do on our turn? Okay, we can, you know, and physically do them all. I have to actually do it and then I'll learn it. So there's no point. Typically, I can, I, reading a rule book, I can get the general overall gist of how things are supposed to flow. And based on that, like I can have a pretty good idea. But like it just, the thing, hmm. I think the other reason why it really frustrates me is because. When you when you go to uh, like a first exposure playtest hall, right? Like you're playtesting games and helping people with their games. One of the things you can do is you can literally say, "Here's the rule book, read it and play the game from the rule book." So you can determine if the rule book is good or not. People mm-hmm. need to take more time. And the other thing, in addition to on top of that, really frustrates me is Fantasy Flight's rule books because they have the learn to play guide. And you're like, oh, this game is easy. And then you have a hat, like a thick 
rules reference because that's not actually how you play the game. You have to look at all these rule references. And unless you look at the rules reference, you're not actually going to know how something interacts. Yeah. Plus uh. another thing, I, I like to skim and you can't skim on rule books because that's how you miss like really important small little rules, which bugs me. Like I hate like if it's not obvious, like why is it a rule? Because it's just going to be something that I forget anyways. I forget to teach it. I forget to during the game. It's just I don't like I don't like little things like that. Yeah. Terrible rule books, man. Uh, come on, people. Now, I'm not saying you send them to me and let me read them, but have somebody in charge of rule books. Come on. Ugh. Gets on my nerves. I oh, I'm like, ugh. Ah, what do you got? Your turn. Oh, I only had the one. <laughs> Your list was one item. That's the only thing that bothers me. Seriously? I'm just here to support you. Is that seriously? You only but, have I, one but thing? I did just come up with one since you said that. You, no, like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Time out. You literally only you okay. You told me you made a list and it was literally one item. Yeah. So you, you spent the day like. Me. <laughs> okay. What is the other one you thought of? I just thought. I'm of it so now. glad you're putting forth the effort in this one. What do you got? I knew you'd be happy with me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I I don't like little tiny like I don't like little rules that I have to remember like that that are not easily seen on the rule book and that you're like because it's I mean how many times in a game you're like Natasha did you pay for that and I was like no I forgot. Or, Natasha, you couldn't do that because you don't have this. Oh, shoot, I forgot. I don't like stuff like mm. that. Any game that remind, that requires me to do things like that isn't really obvious. You know what I mean? Like, it needs to be somewhere front and center in, like, a big part of the game. I'm trying to think of what are what are some, like, like Paladins is that um, you can't go up this track unless you meet these requirements. But you always forget that you have to meet those requirements. That yeah. Yep. I don't yep. like that, but not enough to dislike the game because I still really love Paladins. I think this recently came up in a game of Architects we played where you were trying to do something. And we're like, you can't do that. And it happened to me, too. Like, I went to go work on the cathedral, but I was like a scoundrel. So I had like negative, you know, reputation or virtue or whatever. So I couldn't actually do it. And both you and my wife were just like, you can't do that. Your mm-hmm. snooty little voices. Yeah, it's always it's always a pleasure when you can't do something you wanted to do. But that's not that's not the point of this list. It's I don't like it when games have things that are really hard to remember. That yeah, that are rules yep. that just don't feel it needs to feel thematic. Like when I play Woodcraft, you and I put two dice circle. together, I know that I have to pay glue because that makes sense. It does. I, I mean, it does that. make sense. I will give you that. It does that. It's clearly printed yep. on there. That action tile when I do it, it's all right there. I like that. So that it's, annoys me because I always get like you know in trouble for missing things. Well, because because you're notorious for taking the Natasha turns, there's somebody that's responsible of making sure you don't mess up. Okay. To be fair, <laughs> the Natasha turn yes. has nothing to do with me forgetting things. <laughs> I, I forget things on their own, regardless if, if I pull a Natasha turn. In addition to doing a Natasha turn? Yes. <laughs> so good. Uh, I will, okay, just a future reference. When you say you created a list, that includes more than one item. No, it's all the things <laughs> that bother me. It's yeah, just the one. Just, yeah, whatever. All right, I'm about to name a couple, I think, that are going to bug you. All right. Okay. Uh, Next one that I'm going to say is involves Kickstarter, and I'm going to specifically say using Kickstarter as a pre-order system and the exclusive content that is only available via Kickstarter really gets on my nerves. So for okay. and what do you mean by using it as a a pre-order system only? I don't okay. So isn't this that is what all I, Kickstarter is. No. So the thing is, Kickstarter was created as a platform for people who have an idea that need funding to create said idea. So take a a prime example of a board game company that I think has done it correctly, where they utilize Kickstarter to get off the ground and create a game, but then has since moved out of that realm because they now have the capital in order to actually produce games is Stonemaier. Jamie used it to like develop Scythe, develop Viticulture. He, He used that system to get the funding he needed to produce the games. And then the games were good and it created the cash flow he needed to, you know, make his company what it is today. 
And now when you hear about something, you like he's not going to Kickstarter with it. Mm-hmm. Like the new the new expeditions he's doing, which looks awesome. Mm-hmm. The, for example, that's a that's the thing. The the ones I'm talking about is the one that's most notorious is Simon. Come on, I don't know what cool mini or not. I don't know what they refer to their name is anymore. Drives me crazy. They literally will put like Zombie Side or Marvel United and everything like that. You're a big enough company where you can just release that game to the general public and make your money. You so don't they must need make to... more money off of Kickstarter than they would that way then? Simon is, okay, more specifically, what gets on my nerv- nerves is how Simon uses Kickstarter. Because that's the thing. That's what they do is they they make it a pre-order system and then they're just like, okay, you know, for the first fo- couple of days, you're all in is $200 and you get all this stuff. Cool. And then the next week, it's like, okay, all in is now like 350 and you get all this other stuff. And you're like, okay. And then a week after that, they're like, actually kidding. All in is 450 and you get all this stuff. That's the thing that drives me crazy is like it seems to constantly change. And it like it gets on my nerves because they're doing this like ladder climbing for products. So they're going to say, all right, you know, initially all in is only $200. And you're like, all right, you know what? You know what? $200 isn't that bad. That's fine. I can do that. That's okay. Cool. I'll, yeah. 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 Sure. And then they're like, oh, kidding. Uh, now it's 300. And you're like, oh. But can you still, you can still lock, you locked in your $200 one, right? Well, you can change it. Now you can be like, well, you know, it's just an extra 100 bucks. You know, it's not that. I mean, it's only an extra 100. Uh, okay. They, you know why they do that? Because they're because yeah. it works. Because yeah, the suckers no. like you. Yeah, let, hold you on. Want... I do not go all in. I do not go all in on Kickstarter's anymore. The, anymore. And the thing is, and the thing is, I never, I have never backed a Simon Kickstarter specifically with all that like ridiculous content. It's so over the top. Well, and like there are games where I've backed and I've gotten a lot of extra stuff, and it's gotten to the point where. I don't need it all. Like, I'm not going to get through all the content, so I don't need it. I can just get, at this point for me, Kickstarter, I use Kickstarter to back games that typically will not have a regular retail release. That's what I try to use it for. Is games that I know that? I just, I don't know. I just kind of guess. It's not a concrete system. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a concrete system. But that's the thing is, you know, like Awakened Realms does it, like Castles of Burgundy. The Awakened Realms partnered Castles of Burgundy. You really think that's going to be a retail edition? Probably not. Oh, I bet it is. Uh, I hope not. Then I'm going to feel stupid. But and I don't. I don't know. It's just like the the whole idea of using Kickstarter as a as a pre order system, like they do. Just it just they don't it's need to it do works. it. Hey, here's yeah. I get it. I get it. You it don't doesn't like the mean way Kickstarter run does. Do they do things on Kickstarter? Don't do the Kickstarters. I just stay out of it. Don't even look. And if it comes to retail, I'll, I'll buy it there. I don't need the fancy version. Anyway, I it gets on my nerves. So mine kick, too. Kickstarter I, being I using using Kickstarter. I mean, yes, it works, and that's the reason why they do it. And I get that, and they can just squeeze all the money out of you. But it just it just gets under my skin. I don't like it. All right, next up, I have two more. Okay. Number one, small bits. So I'm talking like when you get cubes, they're just like micro cubes. Like Dinosaur Island, those little chits. Exactly. Hey, hey yes. guys, some of us have fat fingers here. You need to make the cubes a little the pieces a little bit bigger. I need to be able to I need to be able to pick them up. I'm not <laughs> I I don't have little tiny tiny hands, okay? I well technically my hands aren't very big, but still I have a difficult time like picking them up. It's funny because I bought uh from our local game store Hamlet which is a tile laying game that I'm I'm excited for and I I was as I was unboxing it the pieces are just like small and it's like the deluxe founders edition that my our local store backed and I'm like man these are these are tiny they're just like a little too tiny mm. Ugh, really that is come on come on do you Ugh. see the new azul pocket edition <sighs> no yes I have I mean, I have, yeah. But I don't I'm, think it's for you. It is not for me. Nope, not for me. Me neither. I mean, I don't like things to be big either. Like you know, there's a, there's there's a happy medium there. 
there's there sometimes things are over they're too big and sometimes they're too little and i think i'd if anything i'd rather have something that's bigger than smaller like those again those little pieces just in dinosaur world is a prime example those little tiny chits just no that's no no there's no reason for that so tiny bits last one this one i think you are going to be a hundred percent on board on and i saved it for last because i think you're going to take it from me boxes game boxes (gasps) that are too big for the game inside yes for example if it says big box it is 100% wasted space. I shouldn't say 100%. Yep. 95% air that you're em. buying. Get them. That's all you're buying. Get and em. one of the first games I ever bought was Carcassonne. And I was like, ooh, I'll get the expansions with it because they, they sell it in the big box. I open up this giant box. It's like it's like the um what the Everdale boxes or like the Mosaic yep. box or yep. something stupid like that back before those were big. And then, but you know how how big the typical box of Carcassonne is it had the little tiles and then it had all the little expansions the expansions are like 10 tiles that's it and they come in these little components and then it was this huge insert that that you just put the little tiny components in it was so ridiculous all could have felt fit in a regular Carcassonne box what's funny is (sighs) that still uh, bothered me I should have added that one to my list (laughs) I'm surprised you didn't think of it when I when you said you had a list First of all, I thought you had more than one item. But the other thing I thought was it's got to be the box sizes. Like that's I know that I know that irks you. There's um like uh Buried Treasure is a prime example of that new rest, uh restoration games that we picked up at Origins. Mm-hmm. It's a deck of cards with some There's, tokens. So you it could be like a double it could be twice the size of a deck of cards. It could game. fit in an Oink game container. Yeah. I'd rather you put it in an Oink game container like Oink games is perfect. They put them exactly in a box they need. Board game tables with their smaller box, like mountain goats. I mean, it barely fits in there. It's exactly the size it needs to be. I love it. And I think that's why Oint games are so popular, despite like the hit or miss of the actual game itself. Because you know you're only buying something that's small. It's going to fit on your shelf. You have plenty of room for it. it. It's just nice. Opposed to... You know, like Splendor, Splendor Duel fixed that. That was really nice. Splendor Duel has more components in it, but it's smaller box. Yeah, Splendor didn't need the size box that it came in. Mm-hmm. There was no reason for that. Yeah, especially, I mean, most of us have a lot of games and shelf space is important and it's waste. Like, it's just waste of cardboard. It's, I don't need to hold air. Agreed. And I, and that comes along with, uh, I talked about it recently about, I condensed all my Return to Dark Tower stuff into one single box. And now it went from basically occupying a cubby and my shelf system mm-hmm. to now I can fit additional content or additional games into that because it all fit into the regular size box. Granted, there's no insert and the tower just kind of sits in there. But I mean, the, the like, I don't need it to sit. But you can in, take it to game night now. Yeah, it's I don't need it in a in a I don't need it like nestled into its own tray i'm not like jostling it around and throwing it mm-hmm. it's just sitting on the shelf it's not doing anything and then when you get it out to play you're taking out one box instead of three yes yep and i basically packed all the components of like each individual monster in its own bag so you can just grab a couple bags and go and the mm-hmm. setup should be that much faster i do think publishers are being more careful about that now i think they are listening to the people yeah, just just some games that just don't you don't need that big of a box. It feels like you're buying you're purchasing more than what you actually get. Yeah, and, th- and that's the whole point. That's why you get a giant bag of chips when like it's only halfway full. Like the whole it's all marketing and that's what's so frustrating. I I would I would buy Mosaic or the Everdale big box before I'd buy any of those stupid big box games that are full of empty space. Like Alhambra and yeah, uh, at yeah, least yeah, yeah, yeah. at least these new ones that are coming out, they're ridiculous and huge, but at least they're full. They're filled up. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. It's funny about the Carcassonne thing is so my buddy has uh Carcassonne. He has I think just about every expansion and he has a broken token insert for it. And it literally fits all the pieces in the original old school box. Yeah, every single expansion. 
There is no reason. <laughs> Do not ever buy the big boxes. Uh, and no I need. like now, even they're doing some, um, we just played Hansa Teutonica, the big box, and it's just a regular size box. It just has everything in it. Thank yeah. you. That box is plenty big. That is still appropriate. We can call it the big box. It doesn't have to actually be a big box. Could we call it something other than the big box then? Can we just say complete edition or like something like that? Or what is what is the like scythe big boxes and the like Everdell you, big boxes called? You, well, the scythe one, when you buy that, it's just the box. Well, it's the legendary box. Could you call yeah, them something like that? Make box. It, yeah. But you're buying just the box. Okay. Okay. That irritates me. When you're buying just the box <laughs> and it's $30? Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh, the, okay. People will say, well, what about the expansions? You got everyone in the expansions. Then make the expansion box bigger. And then you can put the whole new game in the expansion box and throw away the original box. To go back to that whole uh, condensing thing down, Tapestry is a prime example. It has a really nice insert. I just got rid of it and I threw the buildings into a little baggie. Just because yeah, I need to be able easier. to fit it all in there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things. Well, all right. Well, that is what, uh, that's what <laughs> gets on our nerves in the hobby. I guess there was a few more than I thought. Oh, I did. I knew I was going to get you with the box one. I knew for sure. All right. Well, that's our show for this week. Thanks for listening to our shenanigans. Join us next week. Um, leave us a review and check us out on Instagram or Facebook. Let us know what annoyances bother you and what ones we miss uh send us an email at boardgameshenanigans at gmail.com or you can uh, let us know on instagram or facebook because i'd be curious i'm sure there's a lot more that we are missing that annoys a lot more things that annoy other people i think i'm pretty easygoing so things just don't bother me like they bother other people like you unless it's a long term unless it's a long time i keep it limited you know at least i'm not getting mad at other people Fair. For the other items. This is my only people problem. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, have a good week, everyone. Yeah, see you next week.